What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Gold Standard Grant Cone collaboration. I'm Rob Stats Carrera. He's Grant Cone. What's up, Grant? Having a good morning. How you doing, Rob? I'm doing great. We got a lot to get to on today's show. We're going to talk about the new quarterback the 49ers have added. We're going to look at their draft class and wonder if they've added enough talent this offseason. Plus, there's something, another example in the NFL I think the Niners should look at to model how they should treat their young quarterback. So I want to get to all of that. But before we do, I just want to give a shout out to all the new members on the channel. Thank you, everybody. We just started the memberships this week. So if you are so inclined, we would appreciate that. Uh, for $2.99 a month, you'll get priority comment response. You'll get custom emojis, membership badges, all that good stuff. Trying to get to the Grant Cone YouTube empire level. Easy. Just give it two years. I give it two years. Rob's going to be 50,000 subscribers. That's my hot take of the day. Wow. Well, that's a hot take years. of yours I could agree with finally after uh, a long time. But. <laughs> after a decade. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. The hot news of the day for the 49ers. They are adding another quarterback. That would be Brandon Allen, formerly of the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Tom Pelissero and Mike Garofolo had the report. Always thought that was a little weird. Uh, the tweet from Pelissero was, Brandon Allen is signing with the 49ers. Sources tell me and Mike Garofolo. Why do they got to tell both of you? Just tell one. Like, do we really need both? I, that's just weird. Group chat? Was it a group chat? It must right. have been a group chat. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, just insiders. And then you just text everybody. Yeah. And th the first thought that went through my head, Grant, is this is the kind of arm that you add when you're just adding a guy, right? A spare, yeah, yeah. essentially. This is right. not what Sam Darnold was. This is the kind of guy, the kind of guy who has, what, 15 career games of experience, nine career starts, and he's 30 years old. He's a camp arm. Yeah, he's, jo uh, he's Josh Johnson. I yeah. think he's like the least controversial quarterback you could bring in because any quarter, if they drafted a quarterback in round five or even six or seven, there'd be so much speculation, not just from like Niner fans, but yeah. national reporters. Like, what does this mean about Trey Lance or – Brock Purdy's recovery like there's so many different ways you could take it so it's like okay we won't do that even signing an undrafted free agent is like oh my god like is this the next Brock Purdy so they didn't do that they brought in a guy with no upside in his 30s and it's it's pretty clear like hey man like <laughs> we don't there's no future here for him there's right. no future he's not taking anyone's spot he's just here for camp so I think that's a good thing he kind of knows the system right he comes from Cincinnati Kyle Shanahan said they'd love to get a fourth arm after the draft. Uh, also in the Pelissero tweet, it said, Allen helped mentor Joe Burrow in Cincinnati the past three years. It was all okay. Maybe he did. I have no idea. Uh, that's fine. Uh, but I also like it, too, because like in Kyle's initial comments after the draft, he was like, yeah, we'd love to get a fourth guy, but hopefully we're getting Brock back soon. And it's like, do you want Brock Purdy throwing that much in training camp? Like he's still going to be working his way back to that point. So good. Get Brandon Allen in there. Let him throw all the damn passes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, actually the way it works in these offseason practices is the third string quarterback doesn't really do much. Like he's there because to work with the running backs. What the way it works is there's positional drills and the tight ends and the wide receivers need to run routes and catch passes. So they will catch passes from the good quarterbacks or the guys <laughs> high up on the depth chart, the guys who, you know, you need to throw more like down the field. So right. Lance, Darnold, they'll be working with the tight ends and wide receivers. And then on the other field, the running backs need work too. So the guy who does all the, the handoffs, that's the third string quarterback. And it's like, honestly, a ball boy could do that. But I guess it'd be better to have an NFL quarterback because sometimes you got to throw a check down pass or a swing pass too. So that's Brandon Allen's job here. Well, I mean, Brock was throwing those in the NFC Championship game with no UCL in his elbow. You, you wonder know? why he was so good at throwing those check passes because he was doing it all offseason. But you're right. This is like the only quarterback the Niners could have signed where I wouldn't have been like, oh, my God, are they preparing for a Trey Lance trade? You know, like this is this is nothing. And I'm Mr. Conspiracy Guy, according to everybody. And even I'm saying this is nothing. Yeah, Brandon Allen. I'm, like there was a real bidding war for Brandon Allen. It seemed like they were trying to have like the most nondescript quarterback possible. I wonder if they give him Josh Johnson's number seventeen. Feels like it'd be it'd be fitting. I don't need to take a deep dive into this, but let me just say that Ronnie Bell choosing number twenty eight as a wide receiver. Oh my God, is that a questionable start to a career? You know what that tells me? Practice what? squad. <laughs> I mean, 20. Hey, buddy, we don't really have a wide receiver number for you. So if you make the team, we'll find one for you. Like, that's not going to, if he ever makes his team, that won't be his number. 
but he was like one of the last picks in the draft practice squad. Yeah, I mean, he was number eight at Michigan. There's no obviously he's not getting that with the 49ers. But like, dude, I feel like those even final like, three picks in, in round seven were kind of just like priority free agents. Like we get our first pick of the free agents. Well, you know? John Lynch even said at 216, they were debating between D Winters and Jalen Graham. And then when Jalen Graham was there at the end, they were like, forget it. We'll just take both of them. Wow. They're so good at drafting linebackers. I think they're probably the best team in the league at drafting linebackers. So anytime yep. they take one, I, I think that guy's going to be a contributor. Um, Ronnie Bell and Braden Willis, they could work out, but they could probably also get cut and put on the practice squad. I don't think anyone's poaching Ronnie Bell from the 49ers. So you got options there. No disrespect to Ronnie Bell. It's just you were the 253rd pick in the draft. Right. How about Braden Willis? Oh, all these teams messed up on me. Like, okay, dude. Don't talk like that. I mean, I hope so, but yeah, like, let's, you know. Remember Leon O'Neal from last year? He was saying stuff like, he was like, I'm going to make the team. And he was an undrafted free agent safety. And he was one of the first guys they cut. Like, dude, (laughs) this is a very serious veteran team. You can't just, you can't just say you're going to take a vet's job. Like, Oh, you, yeah. you're going to take Ross Dwelly's job. You don't even know Ross Dwelly. A lot of people have tried to take Ross Dwelly's job and True. failed. So you better come correct all offseason because he will. Right. Well, there, we have a tendency to be like, oh, yeah, Ross Dwelly, you know, he stinks, whatever. But like mm-hmm. in the in he the is actual, the survivor. Right. Like the hierarchy of NFL rosters, like he's there for a reason. He's not he's a pro. Just somebody. Yeah, exactly. He's a pro. He's a pro. Yeah. And, he knows and these doing. guys are still learning. Um, exactly. Taking a look at the the broader picture of the draft class and also the free agency class with the 49ers, you and I were texting earlier today, and I just said like the draft class to me looks like it's more about insulation yeah. or preparing for the future than it is about this year. Does it seem like that to you? I mean, I'll try to look at it from the Niners' perspective. What they're saying is, look, our team is really stacked. It, and it is. Like, our team is super stacked. We have these late picks. We can't really expect any of these guys to contribute right away except for Jake Moody. So don't expect them to contribute right away. Draft for next year. And that's what they did last year, too. So really, the guys you should be looking at are Drake Jackson, Danny Gray, uh, Sam Womack, or who, you know, that whole Nick Zakel, Spencer Burford. Those guys need to take big leaps. So, and that's a fair thing. I mean, there's a very real chance the Niners hit the ground running this year with Christian McCaffrey on the team week one and Elijah Mitchell healthy and just run the table. Like, this is a team that could go 15 and 2, 16 and 1. They really could do it with a bunch of different quarterbacks. And so I give them, I give them that respect. Like, you guys have a formula that works in the regular season. Your defense works, your running game works. But are you going to get over the hump in, in the very end in the playoffs? Like, have you changed your formula at all? Like, do you have any, you're off the right side of your offensive line, still a problem. Don't know who your quarterback is. So I, it still feels like the same team, but it's a damn good team. And I, I understand how they're building it. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Um, I feel like regardless of who the quarterback is, the entire goal for the 49ers this year is just to get that person ramped up to where at the end of the year they're playing their best football. It doesn't matter if they struggle during the year, whether it's Trey, whether it's Brock coming back from injury, or even Gulp, Sam Darnold. Just get that guy playing at a certain level by the end of the year. Because the NFC, I don't care about the Lions. Like The NFC is still weak in my opinion and so if you win nine games you're going to the playoffs so i don't care about the actual regular season record of the 49ers just get to the playoffs and get your quarterback whoever it is ramped up to the level they need to be at to make a run right because in the regular season you can win in spite of your quarterback if you have the best defense in the league and a great run game you could definitely win 14 15 16 games but you can't really win a super bowl in spite of your quarterback in 2023, the way you could 20, 25 years ago. And that's what the whole conversation with the 49ers. So we'll see if one of these three quarterbacks asserts himself by January as someone special. If not, they're going to be that team that's like the one or two seed that loses in the playoffs. That's who they'll be. Yeah. Again, again, like, Uh no, I I don't (laughs) like that. But but, but, like the ride will be fun. It'll be like, this year is different (laughs) and they're really great. And then it'll happen again. It'll be like, they got us i'm seeing a lot of talk in the chat about the nba playoffs last night which by the way did you see who was at the warriors lakers game of course i saw it was george christian kittle? mccaffrey george kittle and their dear dear friend sam darnold 
dude, Sam Darnold, man, he is. I get why he's tight with McCaffrey because obviously they played together. But damn, is Sam doing the right thing, man? Ingratiate yourself to those Niner veterans. Kittle is the key because Kittle is essentially the face of the team. If you have Kittle on your side, I mean, especially on offense, you, you got it. Like, that's a good one to have. Darnold's very smart here. And Trey, I mean, like, he must be looking at that like, hey, why didn't I get a text? I would have gone. <laughs> we both could have gone, but no. That's the question. Is Trey yeah. Lance on the text chain? Doesn't look like it. Doesn't seem like it. I don't know. Maybe it's his fault. Maybe he doesn't text back, but it's so, such an obviously awkward look. He's not going to make that same mistake that Jimmy made with the not texting back, would he? I feel like if you're Trey, you got to have your phone on you all the time, man. Come on. I would think so. Like the funny thing about Trey is if you look at his Instagram, I'm not on Instagram, but when I do check out his Instagram, there's a million pictures of him looking at his phone. What is, <laughs> is that like a Gen Z thing or whatever? It's like, hey, check, take a picture of me looking at my phone. Ooh, that you got me. You got Who's me. That was taking candy. those pictures. That's what Who I the hell is taking know. those pictures. It's a weird pose. Do you have somebody on the payroll following you around? Yeah, I don't understand. It's, it's really, supposed to look really so casual, weird. right? Like, oh, I'm just not doing anything. Like, yeah, you you posed. That's a pose. What are you right. doing? Manny watching on YouTube says Brock is average. They won't develop Trey. Same outcome. Again, I don't want to say that Brock is average either. All I'm saying with all these guys is that we don't know yet. And I know that's frustrating for people, but that is the actual correct answer. We don't know, but nobody wants to admit it. Everybody has chosen their side. With Brock, like, I think during the run, some people were like, hey, you know, kind of poor man's Joe Montana scrambles around a little bit, doesn't have the strongest arm. Like, <laughs> comparing Brock's arm to Joe Montana, like, Joe Montana, Joe Montana had a howitzer compared to Brock Purdy. Go back and watch young Joe. He could actually push the ball down the field. Brock isn't really that guy. When he throws the ball down the field, the wide receivers are stopping and waiting. To me, like, he can do a whole yeah. lot on a really good team, and he's, like, the perfect backup for this team. But to just say that that's the franchise quarterback, I think that's the Jimmy Garoppolo mistake. They're different quarterbacks, but they're both yeah. not franchise quarterbacks, in my opinion. The one thing that's different about Brock than Jimmy, though, did you catch Brock uh, with the Kelseys? They asked no. him, who would you, you know, like, clutch situation, who are you throwing the ball to? And he said Debo. Yeah. And they were like, oh, wow, Debo over Kittle? Oh, the guy who always drops the ball? Yeah, he's a great choice. And Brock said, when I throw it to Debo, the ball just sticks with him. George likes to let it get to his chest, is basically what he said. I love that answer from Brock Purdy. That's <laughs> so he said that. good. Yeah, I wow. mean, I'm not, it's not an exact quote, but I was, I'm paraphrasing, but he definitely dude, Brock talked Brock Purdy, he's such a G. I love that. Yes, he's so cool. That's why I that. like Brock, dude. Because I feel like he just takes constant little public jabs at George Kittle. <laughs> like me. And I think that's money because George, I feel like he could take it, you know? Well, one, I don't think George is really going to like George will probably just see that and laugh at that. He'll but the point is yeah. like Brock's thought about it. Like he's thought about it. He's recognized yes. it. And he said it on the pod, which is great. Like you need to like he is not afraid of being the leader and the quarterback and like the sheriff of the offense. And I Agreed. love that. It's it's a it's a very smart savvy thing to say because it's sort of like challenging your tight end to be better when really I don't know that he that Brock really feels that way. I've watched Brock play like he goes to Kittle in the red zone. He's gonna go to Debo, so it's something to say. You know, maybe that's how you get Debo on your side and how you get the most out of Kittle. It seems actually a very savvy thing to say. He does seem like he has this real natural leadership ability, both not just like lead by example, but vocal. It's very yeah. interesting. Yes, yes. I, I which, consider, may, which might mean he's more than a backup, right? He carries himself like a starter. He absolutely he really does. does. And yeah. there's part of that that you need. You yeah. need to make the right decisions for the team, regardless of how the team themselves are going to feel about it at times. And yeah. the story I always go back Kyle to. Kyle won't do that. Right. The story Kyle won't I do that. Sorry, go ahead. Is Chris Carter complaining to Warren Moon with the Minnesota Vikings. Like, hey, man, I was open. You got to throw me the ball. And if anybody's familiar with Chris Carter, like, he's not saying that in a gentle way. He's coming at yeah. you pretty hard. And Warren Moon turns to his head and, and grabbed him. And he said, if you ever talk to me like that again, I will bury you in this offense. And Chris Carter said, I never complained to him after that ever again. You need a little of that. You're the quarterback. It's all on you. You have more responsibility than anybody else. And yeah, you should think about in crunch time, if I got to go to a person, who's it going to be? And Brock, 
he said it, he thought about it, and I loved it. Here's another way to look at it. The quarterback is the grown-up in the huddle. Yes. Right? And everyone else are like kids, and they're going to push the envelope and see what they can get away with and talk. And it's up to you to set limits and boundaries. And that's what's so weird about this team is the kids in the huddle are 30 years old. And the grown-up in the huddle is 22. And I think Trey Lance was a little overwhelmed by that. I don't think he was in there, like, setting limits and raising his voice. I think people said, like, hey, dude, we can't hear you. Because Jimmy had that big, you know, he has that really deep uh, projected voice. You can hear him. (laughs) Um, I think, I don't know that Brock has that voice, but clearly he asserts himself uh, in a way you have to, which is, like, probably rare for a freaking 22-year-old on a team like this. Yeah, last pick in the draft. Rare. He's never he's never acted like it. I'll give him that. Uh, Gammon right. Brown says, true or false, the Christian McCaffrey restructure is for Sam Darnold's starting salary. <gasps> I wonder. I guess that's an interesting theory, man, because it ain't for Brandon Allen. We all thought it's for Yannick and Gakwe, but honestly, I think they're going to let Drake Jackson like play. If you if they sign Yannick and Gakwe or another edge rusher, that's basically saying, yo, Drake, no playing time for you. I know we took you in round two and didn't give you a chance, but we're giving you the Trey Lance treatment. You're done. We hate you. I don't think he's trending that direction. I don't think they're giving up on Drake Jackson. I think they might look at him as more of an Aaron Banks type. So that is terrifying, Gammon. Probably. But if they if they saw Drake kind of fizzle out at the end of last year, which Kyle literally which said he, he lost his power, maybe they want a Yannick Ngankwe or a Justin Houston so that they can spell Drake. It's like, hey, let's have more people to throw at you, and we or, don't have to worry about Drake's conditioning at the end of the year. Or maybe that's what Robert Beal, Cleveland Farrell, and Austin Bryant are here for, and Kerry Hyder. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, fair. you start counting the bodies. Like, I, it, I don't, th- I think if I had to guess, they don't sign Yannick Ngakwe or Leonard Floyd or any edge rusher, and mm. Gammon's right. And what they're doing is opening this cap space just in case. Because, right, I mean, it's a legitimate possibility that Sam Donald could be the starting quarterback this year. Sure. And if I, I said like 10 minutes ago, this team could go 15-2 with any of these quarterbacks in the regular season because the whole thing is about running and defense. Well, what if Sam Donald just happens to be the guy who's in the backseat going 15-2? and two? Well, you might have to pay him. So, yeah, it's true. And the 49ers literally said that. They loved how much how he played in that six-game stretch when the Panthers were running the ball 31 times a game for like 200 yards a game. So he didn't play great, but he was 4-2 and two on a team right. that ran the ball. So what are they going to do here? No. Sean says, I don't think it matters who we see with Kittle and Christian McCaffrey. I rarely saw Ayuk Debo with Kittle. Certain players seem to vibe with each other. George Kittle's kind of corny. So was Jimmy. George Kittle is kind of corny. Yeah, I would have to say so too. Bay but Marin. so is Pat McAfee and people like well, him. So. Yes, they're characters for sure. Bay Marin says, 49ers quarterback picture, Trey Brock. And then a ghost for Sam Darnold. Well done. What's Brandon Allen? I don't even know. Um, Eric Branch actually had a hilarious tweet. I want to give him credit for that, um, which let's see if I can bring it up. Okay. There are 59 quarterbacks that have thrown at least 250 passes since 2019. Brandon Allen is 52nd out of 59 quarterbacks in completion percentage. The guy that's one spot ahead of him at 51 on the list is Sam Darnold. Sam Deasy. <laughs> Sam Deasy. Uh, you know who Sam Darnold looks like to me? O'Doyle rules all grown up. Kind of. Billy Madison. Like, I could just see him throwing a touchdown and being like, Darnold rules. <laughs> I kind of want him to do that, to be honest Hell yeah. with you. That would be a, yeah. a class move. Uh, just Carlos be a villain, said, man. Yeah, embrace it. Be a villain. Kyle's ego and his inability to know how to develop a quarterback will never let him win a ring. Purdy fell into his lap. Lucky pick. It absolutely was a lucky pick. I don't think anything in that se- in that uh, comment was false. That was a lot of truth right there. Kyle, <laughs> prove him wrong. Prove him wrong. Like, the Patriots don't get a ton of love for drafting Tom Brady, and the Niners shouldn't get a ton of love for drafting Brock. They got lucky. Come on. Like, it's okay to say that. Like, that doesn't wipe out everything but it's okay to admit that they got a the little only bit reason he even played last year is because jimmy got hurt there is right. a, a a universe where he never plays and we still don't know what he is the niners don't know manny says we need a quarterback who can beat the afc quarterbacks brock can't that is the big question is you're not just trying to get a, a super bowl window you want a championship window just getting to well, the super bowl is not enough and you're gonna have to beat potentially a hall of famer when you get there well, that's why Brandon Allen's on the team. He comes from the AFC, okay? <laughs> right. He mentored Joe Burrow. Like, 
A lot of people think he's better than Joe Burrow. And when I say a lot of people, I mean no one in the world. So, <laughs> Yeah. Nick Ellert yeah. says, can someone tell me how Carlo knows Kyle has an ego when he's never talked to him? Okay. Oh, Kyle. Hey, good night. Thank you for calling in. Great to see you, Nick. I don't know, man. He's been in the NFL for like Come 15 on. years. I mean, I feel Kyle, like he's how a do public we know, person. How do we know Kyle has an ego? When they asked him about the quarterback injuries, did you see his response? Remember? Oh, I'm sorry that Josh Johnson got hurt, got a concussion. Like, he's got an ego. Let's Dude, if you ask Kyle straight up, do you have an ego? What do you think he would say? Right. He would say, yeah. I think I most think. coaches do. I would think so, too. He, yeah, he doesn't have to, he doesn't, it's not that, the ego's fine. You want to have an ego. Bill Walsh had an ego. You want to have a healthy yeah. ego. It's just that I th think his goes wild sometimes. I mean, his knows no bounds at times. Yeah, some, sometimes I feel like he, he almost has too much confidence in himself. Yes, yes. Like, you need to ground yourself a little bit in reality, even though you are really good, and it's great that you believe in yourself. And it's gotten, it's gotten you this far in life. It's great, but you haven't gotten the ring yet. And if you would just... He's just not introspective, I feel like. If he were a little introspective, if he, if he would look in the mirror, look inward, and just learn one lesson, he wouldn't lose the same way every year. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Well, there was an interesting little nugget. I don't remember if Lynch said it or Shanahan said it, but somebody said essentially that while they're doing all their draft prep, they're also scouting their own players and sort of evaluating them to figure out like where can we improve, where can we not improve. Are the tight coaches end. doing that same thing? That's what yeah, I want to Backup tight end. All we need is a new kicker and a new backup tight end. Tyler Croft is the only reason we lost the NFC Championship game. We get Cameron Latu in here. We're good. I love Kyle Shanahan. You, you can really see his thought process. It's like, first of all, we need to trade up so that we don't take kicker with our first pick because that'll be scandalous. So we'll take a safety. We'll take it for next year. But kicker is essentially going to be our first pick. And then after that, our second pick is going to be a blocking tight end because everything else is for the future. Got to love Kyle. Gotta love Kyle. Nothing else they really need to change about the team other than Tyler Croft. Sometimes hey. I I hey. do wonder about that. Like, they lost the Super Bowl to the Chiefs, and I think Kyle thought, if Nick Mullins was in there, we would have won that game. And no, always, Nick, Nick Bosa got held. They should have won that game. They are set, I, They partied after the game with Lil Wayne. They won that game in his eyes. It was well, fluky. It was the refs. I, sometimes I do wonder if it's always like, well, if it wasn't for this, we would have won. It's like, yeah, everybody can say that, though. The One real play. thing... Like what is what about your performance could have been better? And sometimes, like, yeah. I feel like Kyle never Nothing. thinks like that. Like, if you go back I, and listen to the way he talks about the Super Bowl with the Falcons, he right. doesn't even admit to one iota of like maybe I could have done this differently. No, what he says is like, by no means was I perfect, but I'm the best in the world and the best of all time. <laughs> Essentially, is what he's saying. You know what I mean? Like, sure, of course, right. I'm not perfect, and this you, you could nitpick me to death and hindsight me, but. Who's better than your boy? <laughs> Look at these Yeezys. Uh, yeah. Corey Soto says they got lucky with Purdy in eight games. We're far from knowing if they got uh, lucky with a franchise quarterback. They don't put quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame after eight. Neither should we. Yes, that is correct. Well, Kyle said it himself. Like backup quarterbacks are guys who can look good for a stretch. But mm -hmm. e either they come back to the earth or they get hurt. And like the, the, the team the Niners have set up, a lot of backup quarterbacks could look like starters on this team. It's the best roster in the league, minus the right side of the offensive line, which could get you hurt. But I mean, that's for those two months, you should be putting up either 300 yards a game or like three touchdowns a game. And the only way you get benched is if you turn the ball over. Otherwise, you win and you put up good numbers. So, I mean, assuming it's like, you know, past the bye week and they're rolling. Early in the season, it could be a little rough. But that's because, let's go back and look. In 2021, Raheem Mostert gets hurt on the second carry of the year, and it takes mm. him until week 10 to sort of figure out the running game. But it was with Debo. Last year, Mitchell goes down right away, and it sort of takes him until they trade for Christian McCaffrey to figure out the run game, and then they get rolling. This year, they have a ton of running backs. Yeah. Assuming Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell don't fall apart week one, this isn't a team that should start 3-5. and five. This is a team that should start freaking 5-0. and oh. Last year, they should have started 5-0. and oh. So I... You know, they started 8-0 in 2019. They, they have the capability to do that. Yes, they absolutely yes. do. And they've talked about how they need to get yeah. off to a faster start. So it's not even like, you know, they've acknowledged this. There was one line, I think it was Troy Aikman. It was in the first Rams game. It was right before Debo had that amazing, like, 50-yard catch and run for a touchdown. Tro uh, Troy Aikman said that Kyle Shanahan told them, 
he doubts he has the running backs in the room to play the kind of running game that they wanted to play. And then sure enough, what happens, they trade for Christian McCaffrey a few weeks later. So, but Mm -hmm. I think your point is a good one. And hopefully, like you said, with the stable of people they have now, they can avoid that. Let's just count it real quick. So you got Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason, Debo Samuel. You still have Ty Davis Price. I guess we're not writing him off yet. Let's see what he has in year two. But they yep. also brought in this Kalen LeBourne guy. If you don't know who he is, he's an undrafted free agent who was like the number one running back recruit coming out of high school. He had some injury issues. There was a pandemic. He's 25 years old. But last year, he freaking killed it at Marshall. He ran a 4-4. He looks a lot like... He's like Elijah Mitchell with an NFL body. Elijah Mitchell's really good, but he doesn't have really that much muscle mass, and he gets hurt a lot. This guy has a real NFL body. Just what? Wait, for, he seems like the guy, like the undrafted free agent, do not du jour, but you know of the year for the Niners. Of the so that's year. like six deep, six deep. They're gonna need it. I'm obsessed yeah. with um, this Jack Coletto from Oregon State, the guy <laughs> that plays like 85 positions. Like, yeah. what the hell is this guy gonna do? It's, I love Kyle Shanahan. Like he always wants people who can either who aren't running backs who can play running back and who aren't <laughs> quarterbacks who can throw because th- those little things make him look so smart, right? And I think that's kind of why he doesn't really splurt. Well, he doesn't really think much about the right side of the offensive line, like the right guard and the right tackle. There's not much he can do with them. You know, you can't throw, yeah. you can't run the ball. This, you can't make me look smart. So just don't make me look dumb and play well enough. And if you get thrown in the air like Mike McGlinchey, you're just making yourself look bad. Sorry. I, I look smart that I can win with you. Actually, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. You can't tell me there's not a little part of Kyle Shanahan that's like, hey, Jack Coletto was, played a lot of quarterback. Let's keep him on the practice squad. And Hell God yeah. help us if we ever need him in a playoff game. Let's just put him on the active roster just in case the crap hits the fan again. And it won't be Christian McCaffrey trying to put the quarterback helmet on and read the plays off the wristband. Dude, if Kyle Shanahan ever gets in a game where he goes through all of his quarterbacks, he'd be like the only HUD coach ever that did that more than once. You'd have to say, <laughs> dude, it's your fault at this point. So I don't think he should be preparing for that. Chris watching on YouTube says, you can tell who the idiots are when they say Brock got lucky for eight games. There's no oh. such thing. A couple of games maybe like Cooper Rush, but eight games in a row shows you have skill and potential. Okay. Hey. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Didn't they say that about Jimmy at one point, though? I mean, right. he, he, he won seven in a row. He won his first two with the Patriots. He won five with the Niners. What's seven yeah. in a row? What's the difference? In the eighth? Yeah, I mean, so I don't know. I, I think we should probably slow our roll. Like, trust our eyes. He's on the best not. team in the league. He's physically limited. He doesn't throw the ball downfield that much. He got hurt twice. Like, I think there's more to see. Exactly. And you're not, yeah. like, crapping on Brock Purdy if you just say, yeah. hey, I want to see more before I decide. Like, that's not that's yeah. not slanderous. Like, what are we doing? Let's not get rid of Trey Lance. Let's not just shut down the whole quarterback competition. Let's not give Brock Purdy a, an extension. I know he's not due for one yet, but like, let's not pretend he's proven something he hasn't. You got to keep... I mean, Jimmy had to go because he'd proven he's not the guy. But Trey, right. Brock and Sam, I mean, there's enough mystery for them to all be here and for them to all you know, compete against each other. Sean watching on YouTube says, Grant, Kyle could have 10 running backs and still only use one. So it's true. a good point. He he so really true. does. But I think a, a big thing for Kyle this year is don't wear down Christian McCaffrey in the regular season because you yes. do that to all of your running backs. Like your dad did to, to Terrell Davis. Like, please stop doing this to running backs. Yeah, I don't know stop. why he he doesn't use more than one in a game, really, unless he has to because that guy gets injured. He just does not rotate them, and it's it's really, really weird. It's strange because he's such a genius. You know what I mean? You think. <laughs> like, people use rotations. It's not that wild and he has the the running backs to do it like if he actually used a rotation could you imagine i mean because i mean really mccaffrey isn't built for more than 12 to 15 he doesn't need to carry the ball more than 15 times look at him you're also going to throw the ball to him five to eight times so just cap him at 15 give 10 to mitchell five to i mean that's so obvious let's see if he does it Josh watching on YouTube says the Raiders added Mayer at 34, the best tight end in the draft to go with Adams and Jacobs. If Jimmy Garoppolo makes the Pro Bowl, does the Kyle genius narrative fall apart? No, I think the the worst, I don't think it's bad because he still has Josh McDaniels there. So you could say, hey, he went from Kyle Shanahan to Josh McDaniels. That's true. What will make Kyle look bad is if Jimmy stays healthy for enough games to make the Pro Bowl. (laughs) Because then you're like, wait a minute, what the hell is going on? 
Yeah. Oh, you have injury issues. Every, like, if it happens again this year and Brock gets hurt or Sam Darnold gets hurt or Trey gets hurt again and then Jimmy magically doesn't, then you have to say, like, dude, yeah, it's the scheme or it's something. I don't know what it is, but I don't buy your excuses anymore. So it's a very interesting year. And the fact that Kyle Sandyhan doubled down and didn't draft an offensive lineman makes it, like, even spicier. Like, let's see what happens. That was really – to not yeah. pick one – and then to be asked about it after the draft, and he's basically like, we didn't like any of them whenever we were on the clock, which is fine, but, like – Okay. Trade. You trade it up. You trade it up for a safety, right? So you can, you, you, you work the board. You don't let the board work you. I have a a proposal for a social experiment next year. Let's pick a a position, a round, a player, and, and just use reverse psychology on Kyle Shanahan. Whatever we don't want him to do, tell him to do it. And we'll all (laughs) do it together. It'll be like an inside joke. And I bet it works. I bet it freaking works. If we could ever organize like that, that would be a fascinating. How old is your son? My son is eight. Does reverse psychology work on your son? Or is he too sophisticated? No, sometimes it does. Sometimes. There you go. go. We'll see. Uh, Mansa watching on YouTube. Was Sam Darnold in Cabo? I don't think they've taken the Cabo trip yet, but I will be. (laughs) If he goes to Cabo, like, oh, man, you better believe I'll be talking about that. He seems like the kind of guy who's just in Cabo by himself. Like, he just has a second house in Cabo. How could he not be in Cabo? Cabo's his middle name. Look at him. He's from San Clemente. He just, I mean, he has a Cabo vibe, a Cabo state of mind. So there are league meetings coming up later this month. Actually, the 22nd. It's the same day that uh, OTAs start. Are you, You're not obviously going to be at the league meetings. Jed will be there. I would love for the next time you get the chance to talk to Jed, just ask him like, Jed, do you really think paying for certain players to go to Cabo is a good look? Cause I hate that. I think it's so, yeah, so Jed, bad. Could you explain the Cabo thing? It just, because I, I don't understand it. It seems like a really strange clicky look. Like what is that? Why, why would you just only pay for invite everybody. the best pay for the best dude? I mean, you're rich, right? It'll make you look great. This doesn't make you look good. I don't think it, I think it's a bad look. And I would understand if other players in that locker room did not like it. And we're like, why didn't I get invited? Are you giving extra weight to, to things that those guys say? Like, it's just not good. It is not good. To be fair. Um, Eddie did the same thing in the early eighties. Uh, he would take Joe from what I heard. I mean, I wasn't alive. My dad take Joe Dwight Ronnie to Vegas and sort of bankroll Mm -hmm. them at the, at the tables. But Bill Walsh wasn't there. Like I think for Kyle to be there, like he's one of the guys it's strange. Again, I, I'm going to use the um, parent-kid metaphor. Mm-hmm. Like, Kyle's supposed to be the parent, but he's like the parent whose kids call him by his first name. And <laughs> to me, cool like, I don't, I don't like that. To me, it's like, okay, you don't demand respect from your kids. Like, you're going to let them talk to you like that. It's uncomfortable. But they're not his kids, and not a, obviously. But he's like, he's the cool dad, right? And I feel like those guys kind of take advantage. Like, hey, if I go to Cabo, I might get that contract. Like, I'm going to Cabo. I'm laughing at those jokes, man. I'm, I'm playing catch with Kyle. It's it's just a weird – I've never heard of that with any other coach and their players. Like, yeah. I cannot think of – and I don't know. Maybe McVay's doing it. I know McVay also goes down there. I don't know. Maybe there are other coaches doing that. I I want to put that out there. But it is a weird, All I know weird look. is that, is that uh, Darnold is friends with McCaffrey. Now Darnold's on the team. Cam Latu went to tight end you or whatever with, with yep. George Kittle. Now Cam Latu's on the team, man. It seems like if you know, if you got like an inroad with the Cabo click, like you just might be, you just might get a contract with the 49ers. It's, it's such a family. <laughs> I love how they take care of each other. It's great. 187 says Trey is not invited to Cabo. He hasn't, he hasn't been so far. We can, that's one thing we know for sure. You know, if he got invited and he went though, there'd be people like, why isn't he working on his throwing motion? True. Maybe maybe Trey's more of a Cancun guy. Maybe he prefers Miami. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's too um, dry in Cabo. It's very dry in Baja California. <laughs> Speaking of Trey Lance, there was one thing I wanted to get to, uh, and that is I'm fascinated by the Colts and Anthony Richardson because Ooh. I feel like they essentially drafted Trey Lance. Correct. I was looking at it this morning. Let me throw this up here. If you can see it, if you're watching on YouTube. Their college stats are crazy similar. Correct. Trey had 17 starts. Richardson had 13. Trey mm-hmm. had 318 pass attempts. Richardson had 347. Trey had that's a better. The comp- that's the key right there. But we can keep going. But that's key. I mean, fewer than 350 pass attempts and you went top five. Like those are the only two guys. But keep going. Right. 
Yeah. Trey's completion percentage, 65. Richardson, 54. They've had basically the same amount of passing yards. Trey had a little more. Um, 30 touchdowns passing for Trey, just 17 for Richardson. And Richardson had 11 picks. Of course, Trey only had the one. Of uh, course, Trey, had, Trey played FCS. Richardson played played SEC, of course. Right. Yes. That was the big, I was going to mention that at right. the end. The level yes. of competition for Richardson, right. way better. Couldn't be way, any way better. Different. Yeah, any more but different, yeah. they're pretty similar. Mm-hmm. And yet everything are. you hear out of the Colts is, we're going to play this guy. Mm-hmm. We're going to let him learn and grow. It's okay <laughs> if we struggle a little bit. And I just am We're going to be patient. Yeah. Right. And because you're going to, I feel like in two years after the Colts draft Anthony Richardson, he's going to be in such a better place than Trey Lance is after two years with the 49ers. It's not even going to be close. And I feel like the Colts are going to do everything that the Niners should have done with Trey Lance. Absolutely. And I think it's so funny. Like the, with the, the questions for the Colts, you don't bring up Trey Lance explicitly, but it's all implied. Like, why would you do this given what a miserable <laughs> failure, not Trey Lance has been, but, the not how how this hasn't worked out for the Niners. If if the Niners couldn't figure this out, and they're a great organization, why why would you think you could figure this out? And they're like, oh, because we're actually going to play the guy. <laughs> Whatever the Niners' plan was, like, hey, all credit to them for building that team, but that was stupid. We're going to do the exact opposite. We're going to play him and be patient, which is the two things the Niners weren't. You know, they didn't play him. They judged him on his first impression, and I guess it wasn't what they wanted. And now they're pushing him out the door for his third string. His, not even his backup, his third stringer. So, um, yeah, that's where it's, where it's like, yeah, okay, our guy's more athletic than Trey, and yes, we yes. are going to take the exact opposite approach. And I think that's pretty funny. And who's their head coach? Shane Steichen. And guess yeah, what guy, offense he just led? The offense the Niners wish they could be in the Philadelphia Eagles. If you remember a couple months ago when I was saying that I would be okay with trading Kyle Shanahan, people were like, okay, well, who would you get to replace him? I said Shane Steichen. Not that I know he's going to be a great head coach. But I just like the offense he runs, and now the, the like his plan for Anthony Richardson warms my little heart. Like I was like, oh my god, he could have been Trey Lance's coach. He's from Sacramento. He's from out here. I mean, hey, I understand not getting rid of Kyle Shanahan. He's good for the brand and all that. It has success, but just you might want to monitor what's going on in Indianapolis because that could be happening here. The guy coached Jalen Hurts and Justin Herbert. And now he's coaching Anthony Richardson. He knows how to coach up a dual threat quarterback. We've seen a great. But so does Kyle. So does Kyle. He's great. <laughs> yeah sorry official bna music says jed will take the undrafted free agents to bakersfield well done shout out to valerie he doesn't know where bakersfield is he doesn't know where bakersfield is all right it's all right you don't want to know no i take yeah. it back people people live in bakersfield i take it back i've never been to bakersfield new member on the channel valerie thank you very much she says i enjoy the takes from both of you everything is not always rosy in santa clara no it so, is if you I go feel there like it's rare so many roses you- we both, it's rare that we both get compliments. I know it's, it's usually just you. Well, no, unless they want to insult me and then they say I'm the baby cone. That's, How do you feel about that? Nice. That's not nice. <laughs> that's not nice. So also, yeah, I'm going to be actually kind of nice. I'm going to be that's fascinated by what the Niners do with Trey Lance this year and what the Colts do with Anthony Richardson. Cause I think that they're going to have the right approach. And I know everyone's going to say, well, Super Bowl window, Super Bowl window. The truth is, if you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a championship window. You have a maybe we can get to the Super Bowl window, but you don't have a win the Super Bowl window. And that's the whole point of this damn thing. Also, if you take a quarterback like like uh, Richardson or Lance and your plan is to sit him and get him ready on the bench because your team is too good, like you should never take that guy. Like that's <laughs> really? what that, that plan doesn't work. So it, the Niners never should have taken Trey Lance. The if you didn't, because the book on him, it even says it on his NFL.com profile, like a personnel executive for an AFC team said, he needs an offense tailored to what he does best, and you have to be really patient with him. The Niners didn't have the patience. You had to be patient. They were like, no, 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 no. He's going to be ready right away. No, no, absolutely not. 317 throws. No. And and the Colts aren't saying that Richardson's going to be ready right away. They're saying, it's okay. It's okay. We're committed to this. We're going to trust the process. We're going to be patient. It's like, okay, well, he does have a chance then. He really does. I can't wait to see Warner. I just yeah. want to see him because he's an athletic freak. Like, oh, my, oh my. Yeah, like insane. Like you said, he's a better athlete than Trey Lance. That's not a knock on Lance. Richardson's just incredible. It's an underselling of Richardson, too. Like, he's the best athlete I think there's probably ever been at the quarterback position. It doesn't mean he's going to be a good quarterback. But 
he has more to work with than I think anyone ever, ever at the position. That's a crazy thing to think about, but uh, yep. we'll see if it all if it all works out. Yep. Uh, that was everything on my list, Grant. I feel like we finished up early this week. What's going on? I don't know. Are we there aren't that many uh, Super Chats today. I, I think people may be having a little uh, draft fatigue. They've, you know, sort of digested right. all the new players, and now they're sort of looking forward. And we got rookie minicamp next week, and then OTAs in a couple weeks. And people, I think people want to see a uh, you know a, a training camp, a, an OTA report. What happened with Lance throwing, Darnold throwing? What did it look yep. like? I think people are ready for that. And well, we're about rookie, two, three weeks away. The rookie minicamp, every kick that Moody makes is going to be like he's got to make every one. You know, I was joking the other day. I said yeah. the only two people that have to be perfect in their jobs are barbers and surgeons. Well, guess what? Jake Kickers Moody's going to have to be perfect in round three. If he yeah. misses a kick, especially like his first kick in rookie minicamp, like people are going to lose their minds. If he misses like a few kicks in a practice, it'll be national news. That's the thing. Like the reason I think Roberto Aguayo kind of crumbled. I don't know much about him, but when you get taken that high, like everyone laughs and then the yep. whole football world is waiting for you to mess up so they can laugh and say, see, see, it was dumb. It was dumb. Like mm -hmm. no one wants to change. Everyone's already made up their mind that Jake Moody pick was super dumb. Like every fan from every other team and a lot of Niner fans and a lot of pundits. So he misses one. Like, no, everyone's going to notice. No one's going to miss it. Everyone's going to talk about it. You're on, you're on basically Cowboys West. You're, you're on a very high profile team with a lot of drama and media scrutiny. Like you are going to get nitpicked to death. So you better be Robbie gold out of the gate or better. And then it's like, okay, well, can he take a deep breath and just say, Hey, you know what? Like I'll, I'll adjust. I'll get to it. No. Because Zane no. Gonzalez is also there. It's just like the quarterbacks. Oh, like Trey yeah, never had the true. deck cleared for him because Jimmy it's was true. always there. It's the same damn it's thing, man. It's a good point, man. Hey, if you mess up, you miss a couple kicks, we don't really have the time because we're a win-now team. So you <laughs> right. better be – hey, Robbie Gould's your mentor. He's been talking you up. Hey, you better you better show some results right away. No pressure, though, buddy. It's it's a weird I, – I don't like how they do that sometimes. Like, damn, man, just let somebody live. For a little bit. Also, I think it might be a little bit of a a comment on how they build their team. They build their team backwards. They don't get the quarterback first. They don't get the offensive line first. They build everything else, and then they want to insert the quarterback last. And they think that's the right way to do it. But it just is so hard because he can't – he has to be ready right away. He can't improve. He has to be – you have to win right away. And, you know, Joe Montana didn't, Steve Young didn't. A lot of times these great quarterbacks take a little bit of time, and the Niners don't have that time. So they keep kind of settling for backups who look good right away, but get hurt, you know, can't sustain it. And, you know, it's interesting. Steve Young just had a tweet 13 hours ago. It says, 3-16 and 16 record as a starter, 11 touchdowns, 21 interceptions, sacked a franchise record 47 times in 1986. Push through adversity. You never know what's on the other side. And right. it's a video of him in Tampa Bay playing with the Buccaneers, which is still one of the weirdest looking things to ever see. But like right. Steve Young literally just put that video out and was like, hey, have some patience mm -hmm. and we'll see. Uh, Trenton says any chance Trey can win the starting job. If the Niners have patience with him, I think they can. But I don't know if they will. I would think that he absolutely can win the starting job. Sam Darnold isn't good. Brandon Allen isn't good. We don't know about Trey. It's, tra it's possible that Trey isn't good, but we don't know that. It's been four starts. I actually think he can be good. Um, so I think he's going to win this competition. We'll see. And also, yeah, no, I think he's going to win this competition straight up. You, that's your official prediction. Yeah, I think he will. I now, so. if they go on whatever quarterback has the higher completion percentage in camp, right. it might be Darnold. But I also feel like Darnold going against the, the first string defense, unless he's checking down to Christian McCaffrey every time, He's going to throw a lot of picks. I just have a feeling. Could be that too. Full White says, just thankful we took something else other than a running back in the third round. I know Jason <laughs> Ponte was not happy with that analysis. Um, but some people think that way. I mean, just because they've had bad third round picks in the past doesn't mean they're always going to have bad third round Jason picks. Jason wanted for... a, a running back? Well, he wanted anything except kicker. Fair. Yeah. But I feel uh, like the, the thing, the take on that one is like, Anyone you wanted at 99 would have been available at 101. And it's like, why did you take a tight end, a blocking tight end? Like, you missed the run on tight ends. There was a run. You missed it. 
the, the Packers got freaking two. I bet you didn't see that coming. <laughs> but right. if you wanted to get a tight end, you needed to trade up for him like you traded up for, for the safety. You made your choice. You traded up for the safety. So don't reach. Don't freaking reach, but you reached. Need is a And now you put evaluator. unreasonable expectations on Cam Latu. And if he doesn't, and that's the Niners do this all the time, like Kinlaw, Solomon Thomas. You put these expectations, you take these guys too high, and then when they don't live up, live up to it, it's their fault. Like the fans get mad at them. It's like, no, you put them in this position. Cam well, Latu has to be really good. Kinlaw, especially. Yes. You traded DeForest Buckner. You drafted. You number? The same position with the pick that you got from that deal, and you gave him the same number. <laughs> and so fans get mad at Kinlaw. It's like, no, well, he was put in an impossible situation. Same with Solomon Thomas. You drafted him ahead of Patrick Mahomes. Forget about it. It's, it's, it's over. Third pick yeah. in the draft, he never should have been that. Never should have been so you that. Feel, I feel bad for players like that sometimes because the, the, G, the, the GMs never take the heat for that. But when you're looking and you see all these draft grades for the 49ers and it's like C, B minus, F, whatever, go back and look at the draft grades for that 2017 class. A-plus. What were they saying? A plus. Solomon the Thomas best. and Reuben Foster. Great job by the 49ers. Peter King, I think, was in the draft room that year. He wrote yeah. up like a whole thing. So, like, don't stress about the draft grades this year. Sure. Uh, Timothy Glanders says, how long until a true rebuild? They won't. They won't. I think the way they're sort of set up is to never do that. Yeah. Um, pretty. They're not gonna. They love being in the mix. They have a formula to stay in the mix. Do they have a formula to get over the hump? We'll see. Mm, that's a good point. I I do think that they will never. They'll never have to totally tear it down. I think Kyle is too good on offense to where like they're never gonna be just putrid, pathetic. Like have to rip it out to the studs. But the question also is, they're never gonna mortgage their future the way the Rams did. They're never gonna do that. They came kind of close. That. Yeah, but they have they have this. I mean, they have this formula to get these comp picks. I think they're they're always sort of looking at the future and the and the present at the same time. You've never seen them just be like, you know what? Yeah. I mean, they've given up a lot of first round picks, but they're so bad at drafting in rounds one, two, and three anyway. So like, who cares? That's the thing though. Who if cares? you can make those good picks in the later rounds, which they can, it doesn't matter if you don't have those picks. Um, you know Warren I mean? Sharp actually had a good tweet yesterday. I think it was yesterday, and it was all about uh, the fifth year option and how teams have been with either re-signing those first round draft picks or picking up their fifth year option. The 49ers had picked up seven of 13 fifth year options, which started in 2011, which was 53%, something like that. That's okay. But then when you see they traded those first round picks, like to me, that makes me feel a little better about the picks they gave up. Cause it's like most of the time, or at least half the time they weren't re-signing those guys anyway. So how good were they? True. And that, that fifth year option can be very expensive. So maybe, I mean, for, for some team, for some positions, maybe you want that like quarterback, but maybe you don't at right tackle, you know, maybe you don't another one. So maybe it's better to just get out of the first round, get some proven players and draft in, on days two and three, unless you really get in a position that you want to invest in. Do you want to hear a crazy statistic that I noticed out of that? Yes. How many fifth year options do you think the Seattle Seahawks have picked up? Very little. Zero. Wow. They have not picked up a fifth-year option on a single first-round draft pick since it started in 2011. And by the way, all those drafts have been John Schneider. So before we go chirping about how great the Seahawks draft well, was. Ask, is, is it because they don't like giving out fifth-year options or is it because they're bad at drafting in round one? Probably that one. I think it's bad. They're bad at drafting in round one. Right. Yeah. They haven't. Not one since 2011? Holy wow. hell. So that's why I'm very skeptical of draft grades. And maybe I'm just sensitive because the Niners are getting dinged by a lot of people. I fully admit that that could be it. I'm just, that's fair. Jumped out at me. That's fair. I mean, like we're saying Cam Latu was a reach. Like maybe he's a stud. Maybe he's not a reach. Like we don't really know. We're all going based on like media consensus, essentially. Yep. Um, So we'll see. Media doesn't know. Corey Soto, people talk about the great Purdy story, but what about the Lance story? If he takes the starting job back and keeps it, think about, uh, talk about fighting the tide. I have thought this for a long time, that if Trey does play and plays well, let's say he wins the job and just keeps it, right? Because he's tearing the hell out of everybody. Stories are going to come out and it's going to be, 
you don't understand how close Trey Lance was to getting traded in the offseason. Sure. They were talking about trades in the combat. When people feel safe, that's when they reveal stuff like that. So if he comes out and kills it, I guarantee you, you'll see a story about one, how many teams are after him and two, how close he was to getting dealt. But it is a great story if he perseveres off of it. It's a lot like Jalen Hurts, right? You know, you got yep. benched at halftime for Tua. You had to transfer. You had to, you had to believe in yourself. And that's where Trey's at. Like, Trey, you got to believe in yourself here because it's starting to look like not that many people believe in you. But that doesn't matter. As long as you believe in self, in yourself, mm-hmm. you write your story here. Like, look at Jalen Hurts. That's what he did. And I did help that the whole Eagles organization had his back. That's really It's always nice when your teammates have your back. And Trey doesn't really have that right now. But, hey, Trey, we got your back. Me and Rob. <laughs> but the what two did of Philly us. do? Philly said, we're playing you, and we're going to yeah. load up the roster around you, so there will be no excuse now. You- and we're getting rid of Carson Wentz, so you don't have to look over your shoulder. Right. They cleared the deck, and they were like, yeah. come hell or high water, we're riding with you because we have to know whether we or not we need a quarterback this year. We and have to know now. Out. Yeah. So I give him credit and what I think that. it's interesting is, like, what's great about the Eagles, so they gave Carson Wentz that really, really big contract extension. Yep. What did they do, like, a month later? Draft Jalen Hurts in round two. And people were like, why would you do that? Like, why would you do that? You just, because it's the quarterback spot. Even though we gave him that huge contract, man, things happened. And they did. And so what did they do? They gave Jalen Hurts that big extension this year. What did they do? They drafted Tanner McKee this year. Like, they're always looking at quarterbacks. They're always bringing in quarterbacks. Why? Because that's what good organizations fucking do. And the <laughs> Niners are over here being like, it's cool. We got Brock. We got Brock and Sam Darnold. We're good. Sam like, Darnold. We're good. What are you talking about? They doubled on. up. That's their protection. Uh, yeah. Monza says, I know it's early, but has the defense improved? It's a fair question. They have some losses. They lost Charles Amenehu. They lost Aziz Alshire. They lost Emmanuel Mosley. They did add Javon Hargrave. What do you think, Grant, right now, better or worse than last year? It was the number one defense in the league last year. But I could right. say I could see better. I mean, Hargrave over Kinlaw is just a huge addition. I mean, just a yeah. huge Let's say Armstead plays a full season. They didn't have that last year. Now, you lost Samson, Ebicom, but, like, what if Drake Jackson takes a big step forward? What if D. Winters is really good? You know, what if Isaiah Oliver's a better cover corner than than Jimmy Ward? Uh, What if Steve Wilkes is a better coordinator than than D'Amico Ryans, who has his, you know, his strengths, but Wilkes is a lot more experienced. So there are reasons to think that this defense could be even better, yeah. And before you say, oh, the Steve Wilkes is not going to be better than D'Amico, who would have thought that first-time coordinator D'Amico Ryans was going to be better than Robert Sala? And he was, I think. Uh, here, look, let, me, let me say, uh, what does D'Amico do well? What is the calling card of a D'Amico defense? Uh, he keeps it simple. He has his guys playing at maximum effort. When they tackle, there's 11 guys at the ball. Like, that's a D'Amico defense. And that's great. Keep it simple. You know, not a lot of busted coverages. But, like... What are his pressure packages? What's a D'Amico blitz? Like uh, this, the Talanoa Hafunga one off the edge, or maybe 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 Brett, Fred Warner up the middle. Like there's not a lot going on with his pressure package. He basically allows his guys to, you know, to, to be great. It, that four-man pass rush, when, when it's clicking, he looks great. But to me, Sala actually had some very in, like intricate pressure packages, and he had a top five defense without Bosa. And I feel like Wilkes is known for his pressures. So I'm curious to see if he can add a little bit to a defense that's great, but also very vanilla. That's fair, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think your point about Armstead is a good one, too. They got zero regular season sacks out of Eric Armstead last year. Zero. Yeah. Now, but he, in the he killed it in the, in the... Up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So yes. he can do it. He can do it but, if he's healthy. But I'm saying, like, he's... I, I would assume he's going to be better just from that, you know, just because he's a better player than that. So if he's healthy, he'll be better. That's an improvement there. Javon Hargrave, right. like you said, that's an improvement. I think... You kind of poo-pooed it earlier. I think Jair Brown could start. I think it could be Brown and Hufanga out of the gate. I wouldn't be stunned if that happened. I just felt like, man, Tashawn Gibson was so good last year. Like, that's the last guy you need to necessarily bench. But, hey, if Jair Brown takes his job, respect, because that's a really good pro that you just beat out. But, like, it's not going to be easy. I was thinking, man, you, you, you trade up for a guy. Like, I, could, I bet you could find someone who could take Colt McKivitt's job. But Tashawn Gibson, <laughs> he was arguably better than Huff last year. Statistically, he was. Yeah, a lot like of those one touchdown came right to him, though. True. What I would say is Huff sometimes does too much, and mm-hmm. it can lead to big plays. It can also lead to touchdowns. I think he gave up like four or five touchdowns. Uh, Gip just kind of plays his position. He's in the right spot, and when the ball comes to him, he doesn't miss. Unlike he doesn't you know, miss. Tart. 
Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't miss. Yeah. Manny says, we won't get a bowl until Kyle and Lynch are gone. I, I wouldn't say that. I, I'm also, not willing to go let me, there let me, let me stick with Deshaun Gibson real quick, because that's someone no one ever talks about. He's been in the league since 2012. He has 32 picks in his career. Like, he, he's been doing this. And he's the kind of guy that's like, yeah, man, you, you, you can push him off your team. You can call him a practice squad guy. But if he's on the practice, he's, if he's on the practice field, he's going to be a, a, a real tough guy to beat out. He's a competitor. He's really good. Well, and that's what I think the Niners have done with their safeties is yeah. they have prioritized guys that are around the ball and make plays on the ball. Jair yeah. Brown had 10 picks over his last Hell two yeah. years in college. He's the only player in the country that can say that. And it's the same thing with Hufanga. Like, yeah, you're right. Sometimes he does too much and gets into trouble, but he also makes game-changing plays. And I think that they are going from two safeties in Ward and Tart that didn't give up big plays but didn't make game-changing plays, and they are switching it now to we need dudes that can change the game. And I think Brown and Hufanga are similar kind of instinctive players in that way. Yeah, I it's about time. Nothing against Jimmy Ward and Tart. Those guys are great players, uh, and they have their definite – like. Two really sound players, great athletes, guys who can cover man to man tackle. Like those are that's great skill sets. But now the Niners have gone for like a total one eighty. Like we don't really care about four four speed at, at safety. Right. We just want guys who are legit playmakers and have ball skills. And you know that wasn't Ward and Tart. Like that's Huff and Gibson, and that's what Brown is too. So now you got three guys like that. Beautiful. And I'm sure like there are you know um, a lot of packages where you could have. Brown at nickel, you yes. know what I mean? Or you could do, you know what I mean? Or whatever, you could have him at line or whatever, and that would be pretty intriguing too. Yeah, you could yeah. use Brown almost kind of similar to the way they used Hufanga in his rookie year where right. he would just kind of like appear and you didn't know if he was like On a third down or... and like a dime package or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. That'd yep. be great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's sneak one more in here. Carlo says, uh, I don't know how to say this guy's name. How do you say this this running back's name? Kalen. I believe it's Kalen. Kalen LeBorn. LeBorn, okay. Yeah. Will Kalen LeBorn make the team and will Ambry get cut? I think Ambry is Ambry's in trouble. <laughs> I think Ambry's in major trouble. I thought it was in interesting is last year. When a new D coordinator comes in, a new like he, he's got no allegiances. You know, he's looking mm -hmm. at everyone. He has his own opinion on every single player that he may have different feelings than D'Amico did. So they drafted Darrell Luter Jr. They they signed Isaiah Oliver. Like, it's not looking good for you, Ambry. So hey, he'll have all of the offseason. To show something, but if he mm -hmm. hasn't shown that he's like put together an NFL body and that he's tough and that he, like, you're out, you're out. So, yeah, they're yeah. not. And then LeBorn, will he make the team? I mean, he has a good of a shot. I mean, Jordan Mason did it last year, so he could, he absolutely could. Is it running back four? We'll see what happens. And if he doesn't, he'll be on the practice squad. He'll make it eventually. Is the way I look at it. I think they've shown like if you're a running back and you show out, like they're keeping you. They will. They they'll keep you. There's no development there. Draft. There's no development right. there. Like Trey Sermon, you didn't, you weren't exactly what we thought you were. You're gone. Ty Davis, like Ty Price, Davis you Price right could now. Be, he could be cut yeah. right now. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, all right. Let's sneak in uh, this last one here. Jeffrey says Trey is used to the pressure by now. He will ball out and show why we drafted him so early. Is he used to the pressure though? I mean, I don't know what he's used to, man. Right. He went he to a program in most... North Dakota State. They just rolled everybody. Yep. That's a good point. It's a really good point. Now he's got to go against Sam Darnold, who's just lost and lost and lost, except for the last six games. Did you know that in the last six games, Sam Darnold won four of them? He had a complete <sighs> career renaissance. You should look that up because no one really talks about it. Yeah, no. And one of those games he threw for like 34 yards, but no touchdowns and two picks, but they won. So we should include it in that six game. We should definitely mention it when we talk about how well he's Right. Played. When Sam Darnold throws for, goes five for 15 for 34 yards and two picks and three fumbles, like that's being a gritty gamer. If Trey Lance were to do that. <laughs> right. If yeah. Trey Lance had as many, half as many interceptions and fumbles as Sam Darnold had, he'd be off the team by now. But. Like, why do you think the Panthers ran for so many yards down the stretch? It's because Sam Darnold right. motivated them to. He got in the huddle and he was like, okay, we're running, we're running the ball. You, I want you to break tackles and gain a lot of yards. And they were like, oh, got it. And, and then they plus, did. And they were like, Sam, thank you for the advice and the motivation. And plus they were like, if we lose... Who cares? We'll get a better draft pick anyway. So it was like, oh God, I, I yeah. don't know. I'm uh, I'm I want to just get to something on the field where the, the cream can hopefully rise to the top and then we can put all this foolishness behind us. I just think it's funny that the the Niners like went to Carolina last year and they were kind of struggling. And Kyle was on the sideline. He was like, 
man, if I just had like five players and one coach from that team, we'd be set. <laughs> and then he did it. <laughs> like the Panthers was what the Panthers missing pieces was what the Niners right. needed. And they got him. That's the gold mine that they had to to mine for lack of a Carolina. better word. Who Sorry. knew? Who knew? Well, Kyle can see it though because he's a genius. A genius. A genius. By the way, Trey Lance's 23rd birthday coming up next week on Tuesday. It'd be interesting. Uh, let's see what if the Niners even acknowledge it. I'll be fascinated <laughs> by that. Who they that might is not. Really a great question. I don't know that they will. They didn't want to acknowledge him before the draft until people started pointing it out on Twitter. So who knows? But like you said, uh, OTA is coming up later this month as well. So we'll have some interesting little uh, things to digest. And the schedule comes out May 11th, which I'm cannot wait for. I am fascinated to break that down. 15 so and two. <laughs> I haven't even seen the schedule yet. 15 and yeah. two, 16 and one. I can't decide yet. Haven't made not my sure mind. about that, but. We'll see, but there are plenty of things to look forward to here. So please like and subscribe to both YouTube channels, to Grant's YouTube channel, to the Gold Standard Podcast Network YouTube channel as well. Uh, if you can follow Grant on Twitter at Grant Cohen, you can follow me at Stats on Fire. Grant, I know you're going to be doing like eight more shows the rest of the day. What do you have coming up? 11 o'clock with Jose, the All 49ers show, and then late night, real late night, 6 o'clock Pacific, 49ers after dark, where Ooh. me and Jesse get just a little spicy. Oh, there you go. Yeah. All right, so yeah. make sure you tune you? in for those. What about me? Being a Nothing. dad. Nothing. Dad. Looking for a job the rest of the week because I've been uh, scuffling I'll here since you. January, but we'll figure that out. Anyway, thank you all for right. watching, everybody. Thanks for all the super chat. Shout out to all the new members on the YouTube channel. We appreciate you, and we'll be back next week.